morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Insight. This is not an episode. This is a special. We are covering a new story for the first time on the podcast. And I have none other than the chief editor, amazing individual, Kenny, here with me to help me break this new story down. So what's hey. up, Kenny? Hey, how's it going? So, uh, shout out to the OnlyFans real quick. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's, just hot, it's just hot takes. It's, yeah. you know, it's, that's really it. It's 50% off if you use Code Insight. So get over there. Get on with it. What are you waiting for? Right? Yeah, it's okay. $35 a month. Oh, what, a, what a fucking rip, right? All right. So we are going to be covering the Cheetawanga situation and the iDramatic situation going on that has broken out on the Twitter scene in the last 24 to 48 hours. Um, Insight has been doing a lot of inf- like research, getting a lot of information. And before we get into this, Kenny and I will not be taking a stance on the issue. We are merely just going to be providing all the information we have to you to bring you up to speed on what's going on with some of the biggest personalities in the scene. Yeah, uh, I think it's I think it's important that we talk about this stuff uh, somewhere collectively where you can look at all of the information laid out because a lot of the time people can miss something here or there. I, I a lot of people probably not spending a lot of time. I even saw, you know, replies to the actual statements where people are like, "I'm not gonna that. It's long. I don't feel like doing yep. that. So I yep. just will do it in so, one spot." Yeah, we're just giving you information, and we're gonna give you the platform to just be able to put it on in the background, sit down, and listen to everything that we know and what's going on with this entire situation, as well as some stuff that has not really hit public light yet that we have information on. So let's just, uh, Kenny, where are we going to start with this? I think we're going to go chronologically. Yeah. Um, we're we're going to talk about the statements made by each individual involved. Uh, we're going to mention some information we have personally, and we're going to go into thoughts and kind of what we think potentially could be happening. Yeah. So uh, as far as chronological, it looks like the first statement came out from Matt uh, following the leaks of, I believe it was the contracts. He came out and was like, well, I guess I got to talk about this now. Yep. And went ahead and made statements on it. Uh, I think the best part, or the best thing to do, is just read it in its entirety. So there's no, you know, mischaracterizations of what was said, summaries of what was said that might come off jaded or like uh, biased. Yep. Yeah. It is a little yep. bit long, but yeah, there it is. So I could start reading it now. Uh, says with my situation with cod zone to start this off i want to say that in telling this story i'm going to do so in a way that simply relays the timeline of events from my perspective and explain why i believe i was effed over and tricked into wasting two months of my life i won't be twisting any facts or trying to make someone else seem worse than they actually are to get more sympathy or whatever this is what happened from my eyes so you can take it as you will when i first when i was first brought on to cod zone I supposed I was supposed to be part of the actual stream as an analyst. Now that never ended up happening, so I'm not really sure what that would have entailed. But that was my original position. With that position, I had a substantially lower financial ownership of the company. Not going to include specific numbers because I can't make that public. In the next month leading up to Codzone's launch, I began to be in every Discord call brainstorming. Was in most meetings 
and was the person to bring on Ezzy, our first graphic designer, into the picture because he is a longtime friend of mine. With Ezzy, we started working on the pitch deck. I was helping Ezzy with the pitch deck for multiple hours a day, every single day. I was doing most of the work, uh, anyone helping him to get it done. With all of that work I was putting in, you know, doing all these things that an owner or a founder of the company would do, all while being an analyst with so little part of the company, I believed that I deserved to have a bigger part in the company. I talked to Cheeto and he agreed. However, when discussing what I'd be getting, we were still not on the same page, and I was still going to be getting substantially less than what I thought I deserved. I negotiated up to something I still wasn't completely happy with, but was better than what Cheeto said he wasn't going to budge on. So I left it at that and hoped to change it at some point down the road. Keep in mind, at this time, there were no contract signed or created. A few days go by, and Cheeto tells me that Avidity was being dropped from the project. Avidity, who some of you may have heard of, runs female COD tournaments and also has experience being a paralegal. So she was the company's paralegal, but was also doing more work for the company out of her own goodwill. She was spending countless hours contacting sponsors, doing graphic work that was out of her comfort zone before we brought Ezzy in, trying to get the pitch deck started, all while creating contracts and doing all of the legal work. From what Cheetah told me, she went to him kind of like I did told him that she thought she deserved a larger part in the company for the amount of work she was doing. That conversation didn't go very well. Cheeto basically told her that she was doing nothing. Her work was worthless. She was getting more than he thought she deserved and parted ways with her. Again, no contracts had been signed at this time. He told me that her equity in the company would be going to me. Being that I wasn't very happy with this and what I had had, I was waiting to see how I could get closer to see what I thought I deserved. There was no complaints from me, and I left it at that. A couple weeks go by, and now Cheeto, Dylan, and I are in Vegas. We all went to Vegas with our flights and hotel paid for by a previous equity deal we had made in order to do a photo shoot so that we could use the photos to finish up marketing and branding stuff before our launch. That trip cost 20% of the money we received from the deal. Since that trip, the only thing that was done with the photos we took was a few of them being posted on Twitter. The rest of the money has not been touched. I don't know what is being done with it, but I can tell you for sure that with the monthly revenue coming in, there has been nothing to use it for. Basically, the trip was a waste of time. Although Vegas is always fun and I had a blast, the reason I even bring up the Vegas trip in this story is to just briefly touch on what kind of a person Cheeto is. Whether you find this relevant to the situation or not, it is something that really bothers me and I feel a need to speak on it. So the night before I flew out of Vegas, Cheeto and Dylan were talking about them needing to return to the rental car by 10 a.m. the next morning. My flight was at 10.30, so I asked if one of them could drop me off at the airport. Cheeto said no, told me to take an Uber, which pissed me off. There was a small argument for a few minutes before he told me he was joking. After that, I dropped it and assumed I'd be getting a ride, obvious, obviously because he said he was joking. I wake up the next morning around 9 a.m. At around 9.30, I try waking up Cheeto so he can take me to the airport and return the car. He once again told me no and told me to take an Uber. This time, he was serious. 
He had to turn in his rental car in 30 minutes, but would rather get 15 extra minutes of sleep and make me Uber than to take me to the airport. Not sure about any of you, but for me, I couldn't imagine doing that to one of my friends and not feeling like a complete douchebag. Anyway, I call my Uber, and it's driving, me, driving up to me outside the hotel, and it cancels. I had to call another, wait another 20 minutes, etc., etc. I end up having to sprint through the airport and made my flight with a few minutes to spare. I bring this story up because it just shows what type of person Cheeto is. He tells you you're his friend. And he puts on a mask like he's your friend. But then in situations where normal friends do normal friend things, he shows his true colors and shows you that he doesn't give a fuck about you. Here are a couple texts from Dylan. So that is the end of that page. I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, he shares a link and it's text back and forth between him and Dylan. Essentially, uh, he's like, hey, Cheeto's being a dickhead. And Dylan's like, yeah, he can be like that. That's the, the, the short and simple of it. Mm -hmm. Moving on, he says, anyway, the Vegas trip ends. COD Zone officially launches. Now, like I said before, my original position was to be an analyst on the actual stream. Obviously, things changed, and I developed a higher role in the company. So come launch day, I didn't have any responsibility within the actual launch. Since the pitch deck was done, all the other graphics were done, everything was pretty much done. For about a week and a half after the launch, there was nothing for me to do. I basically did nothing. I didn't like doing nothing. I didn't want to be doing nothing. But I had been, and I had been showing my family and friends what I had been creating. I was showing my dad, who owns his own business, the ins and outs of how we were maneuvering everything. He was proud of me. I was proud of what we were doing. The last three years of my life have been an absolute shit show. And a lot of being lost in who I am as a person, where I wanted to go in life, three month span, where I wouldn't leave my room, failing college classes because I had no motivation after competitive golf was no longer part of my life. So COD Zone was finally a light at the end of the tunnel, something that was finally showing me and my family that gaming wasn't a complete waste of time, that my passion could actually turn into something huge. So for someone to tell me that I was being lazy, unmotivated, that passion, or that I was choosing to do nothing is simply mind-blowing, wrong, and ridiculous. This was really the only thing motivating me. There was nothing for me to do. I went to Cheeto and Dylan and told them I wanted to hop in Discord and talk about how I could make myself more useful. I begged Cheeto to let me help with the low-tier league. Let me help with stats. Let me get on the show. Let me help with anything. Those were areas where help may not necessarily have been needed, but me helping would have made things move a lot smoother and a lot faster. Cheeto basically told me to fuck off. and wouldn't respond to my DMs about hopping in Discord. Would tell me to talk to Dylan. Would tell me my help wasn't needed. He would do this all while cracking jokes in the group chat about how useless I am. About how I don't do anything and never help. About how I'm lazy and don't put forth any effort. I'd read the jokes and everyone in the chat would laugh. It hurt. I was trying to find my new place in the business post-launch and nobody was helping me figure, out, or figure that out. And it just seemed like nobody wanted me there. I was doing my best to put myself into situations where I could help but wasn't being allowed to and then watching them talk about how useless I was and all this other shit. Basically called lazy by someone who wouldn't even take me to the airport because they'd rather get 15 minutes of sleep before, getting to, uh, before turning in their rental car. One day at like 6 p.m., I was out grabbing food. Cheeto put in the chat that we needed to be in the call in 30 minutes with everyone to discuss business. There were no previous talks about any scheduled meeting, 
so I told them I wasn't available. Cheeto began to rip into me for not being available for meetings, telling me that when he says there's a meeting, I need to be present. It's happened a few times. I explained to him and the group that this isn't how a business works. I explained that my schedule is extremely open and that if there's a meeting that has to happen, it needs to be scheduled in advance at an exact time, how it should be. If this was the case, I'd have no problems making sure I was there, but that isn't how Cheeto runs things. He expects me to drop whatever I'm doing at whatever time and be in Discord on thir er, in 30 minutes notice for a meeting whenever he feels like it. This happened a month ago, but the problem never got fixed. Every time we needed to have a meeting, it was unplanned, spur the moment, but whenever I was unable to be there on moment's notice, it was an issue. Cheeto would again start to tell me how I was useless, how I never showed up, how I didn't give anything, how I didn't do anything. Whenever someone would say, we need to have a meeting tomorrow when it is everyone free, I'd give my schedule and ask what time. Nobody would pick a time. Sometimes they'd have meetings without me, not say anything in the chat about them and then crack jokes in the chat about how I'm never there and I do nothing. Just as early as last night, I was asked at 4 p.m. when I was free for a meeting. I stated that I was free any time before 9 p.m. That was again an issue for Cheeto and Dylan. I was asked what I was doing and why I was doing it over attending a meeting when I was given hours notice and no set time on when said meeting would happen. They ended up having the meeting at around 10.30 to 11. At this time, I was done with what I had planned at 9 and was available. Cheeto asked everyone to join Cord, and someone asked, What about Matt? Thought he was busy. To which Cheeto replied, Matt's useless. We don't need him there. He does, er, we don't need him there. He does nothing anyway. It was all bullshit. This was all happening while I was sitting there, dealing with it, and attempting to make use of myself on my own. I have countless IRL friends in business and was actually going to them to ask what I should do, since my own business partners were showing no interest in finding out ways to expand the business and get me involved. I was working on a website with CodZone's Twitter, Twitch integrated on the homepage with the challengers bracket on a separate tab, with all the teams and the rosters on another, a place where everything about the tournament could be consumed. I was working on getting all of the blank space under our Twitch filled with information regarding who we are, our schedule, etc. So first-time viewers would turn into more regular and more often viewers. I was working on short two minute clips to post on Twitter, giving updates about the AM community. I was working on all these small things, to make sure the company was better because I was tired of doing nothing. I was tired of getting shut down and treated like shit for no reason. This goes on to the final page. I'd also like to point out that Matt's statement is one of the longer ones. So not every is, statement is going to take this long. Matt's statement is the lengthiest just it, on a word count. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I believe yeah. so. I, I believe that Avidities also has some length to it. It is not nearly as long. No, Max so, is definitely the longest. Yes. Final page, and it is shorter. Then out of nowhere, Cheeto tells me I'm terminated from the company, effective immediately, for lack of motivation, lack of work, laziness, doing nothing. And that he felt my equity, very small by the way, would be better off elsewhere in the company basically sent me to the curb for reasons that not only weren't true because I had been doing work on my own ever since the issue was brought up, but also for reasons that I relentlessly tried to fix and work on when they were true and was given no way to fix them and was being constantly shut down. Not only that, but I'm being left with nothing, no buyout, no payment, nothing, because Cheeto tricked me into signing a shitty contract 
the contract stated that any agreement could be made void by mutual agreement of the founders. Then under that, listed the founders with their respective equity in the company, me being one of the three listed. I asked Cheeto specifically if anything were to happen, if I would be safe, in which he told me my equity was locked and we'd have to agree on a termination. But elsewhere in the contract, he put that the founders only included himself and Matt or and Dylan. Apologies. Therefore, they can just legally throw me onto the street with nothing and go about their day. So the last two months of my life were just simply wasted and I was used, treating, treated like shit, tricked and thrown away. To which Cheeto says it's just business because that's just who he is. Apologies for anybody listening to this in the Masters. Uh, I just had a Twitch uh, alert go off. <laughs> this shit is gutting to me. Not that, but the statement. Uh, it hurts like you wouldn't believe. I'm more than positive that Cheeto will come up with something to reply to this. He'll word it in a way that's for the people. He'll try to get people to believe that I was just a lazy fuck who had no interest doing anything and that I was a liability. He'll try and rally his troops and get everyone to tell me to fuck off and that I'm, the, I'm in the wrong because that's who he is. He's manipulative. At the end of the day, truly just doesn't give a fuck about anyone but himself. I really don't care what he says. I know what I tried to do. I know how unfair this entire thing was, and I know how badly I was wronged. That's all that matters to me. Have a good one. Okay. So that was the first statement posted. Mm-hmm. This is that. This is what spurred everything. Because before then, everything was happening kind of behind closed doors. Screenshots were being sent around, and then Matt releases this statement, and everything starts right after this statement is released. That's right. So I believe Dylan Chambers is the next to come out with a statement. Uh, I, I, I believe so. I believe that actually followed Cheeto. I think Cheeto, I don't know uh, the timeline for these 100%, but I believe Cheeto dropped a statement. We can go over Chambers first, though, uh, it's because it is much shorter. It's much yep. more concise. And it also, it put it paints in perspective uh, if we were to group the angles of these statements, uh, Matt and, Alinid, er, and Avidity seem to have sided with each other in this, and uh, Dylan and Cheeto with each other on this uh, in, a, yep. in a split of how this has ended up. Yep. So I will read out uh, Dylan Chambers' statement, and then we'll talk a little bit about the two statements, Yeah. and then we'll move forward comparing Avidity and Cheeto. That's where a lot of this is stemming from is those two statements, which is why we believe that we need to read those two last. Mm-hmm. So Dylan Chambers tweets out March 9th. This was after Matt comes out with his lengthy statement. Quote, no idea why I even have to make this LOL in his tweet longer. It says, quote, I'll let Cheeto defend whatever because 90, 95% of it was bashing him. If it wasn't for me or Matt, if it wasn't for me, Matt would have been gone before we even launched CodZone. Gonna summarize, not write a Bible like Matt because this shouldn't be nearly as big of a deal as it's being made. Me and Cheeto start CodZone. Matt DMs me saying Cheeto wants him as an analyst. Very early. We didn't understand the full direction of the company yet. Matt joins in on one to three early meetings of the 50 we had before launch. And and he had some great ideas. Cheeto wants him as more. Cheeto brings in Avidity. 
Their sexual tension and past relationship gets in the way of business between everyone. We let her go. We bring man on as more than an analyst. We sign contracts and start getting branding, etc. done. Matt brings on Ezzy to design. We do the pitch deck. Parenthesis, he didn't do most of the work like he claims. He actually left the call at one point for two of eight hours it took due to disagreement on wording for one slide. Send the pitch deck around. Myself and Cheeto have a million meetings. Early on, we asked Matt to attend in which he was always busy. Weird with, with this his clearly stated open schedule. Eventually, we just stopped asking. Get to Vegas. Myself, Cheeto, Shanko, we can, who can verify this information. And Matt. Guy doesn't hang out with us at all. Immediately goes to play poker the entire time. Out of the four nights we are there, we saw him at the photo shoot. We went to in and out and we played blackjack together for maybe two hours on Friday night. Other than that, he was a local friend. The, he was with a local friend the entire night. The entire time, the, the entire reason the Uber thing happened was because we told Matt he could use the room for a girl until midnight. He abused that and made us sit in the lobby until 4 a.m. when they were done. So Cheeto, out of spite, which was still wrong, didn't take him to the airport, which was a $7 Uber. So I don't know why it's a big deal. It's what Chambers puts in parentheses there. The day before Cheeto had the car rental pushed back to 2 p.m. Matt would know this if he was around at all. We got home. Matt does absolutely nothing from the Vegas date until a DM on February 27th. Parenthesis, 15 days after launch, 21 days after Vegas, 33 days after the pitch deck completion. Asking to do more. We assigned him a content piece due on Mondays to recap the Challengers Cup. He didn't do it last week. and It's now Tuesday when he told us he could have it up tomorrow. Parenthesis, Wednesday. Two days after TACRAB and other trusted sources have theirs up, which is pointless. So we decided to let him go. All the stuff he told about his friends slash family was never brought up once. He showed no interest in the project whatsoever. He can use words like devastating and heartbroken. But if he has one-tenth of the passion I have for this project, none of the above would have happened. It shouldn't have been a big deal, but we're somehow making it one. Ask anyone inside the, of the operation whose story is true, Luch or Shane Thor, will both tell you the same thing I just did. Love Matt to death, but you're milking this and you know it. Hope everything had hope everyone had fun reading, reading this pointless shit. Burrs out. And I think um a piece of information that we gathered on our own, uh, that kind of is pointed to at the end of Dylan's statement about um you know, we, we spoke to independent sources that had some degree of involvement in this. Yep. Uh, it seemed like one of the, you know, the Vegas thing could be argued, uh, but it just it just sounds like people not getting along, quite yep. honestly. Yeah, that's what, that's what it seems. The, the big issue that Matt brings up at the end of his statement, and Dylan doesn't really touch on a whole lot, but he kind of points to with avidity is this, these these contracts that either existed or didn't exist, um, the contract with Matt anyway, it seemed to have a little bit of double speak to it. Uh, that yep. seems like it was it it is one of the primary issues with this. Uh, when we go on to Avidity's statement, it'll sort of speak to what Dylan talked about and what Matt touched on with Avidity as to why she left. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think I think the contract is probably the biggest issue of these uh, as far as like trying to figure these, out. Yeah. Yeah. These first two definitely revolve a lot around the contract. Matt's was more of a personal statement, which came from him talking about his experience specifically with Cheetah. 
and yeah, that's what he was given. Chambers sums it up, um, doesn't touch as much into detail about what Matt talks about, but sums it up in a nice short way so we understand and is very specific with what he's talking about with certain specific times, specific dates, right? So I'll read the Cheeto one next, and then Kenny, you can read the Avidity one to close up before we enter just a full conversation about everything. So Cheetos is a little bit lengthier as well as Avidity's. So please bear with us here as this is all very important to understanding what's going on and every all the information we have available we're presenting to you. And like so, like we said, we could summarize all of this stuff, but at the end of the day, somebody could say that we're presenting it in a certain light, and it, I'd rather yep. just lay yep. it out as it is. Yeah, because as we said at the beginning, we are not taking a stance on this. We're not taking sides on this. We're just presenting all the information available all in one place so it's easier for people to find. So Cheeto tweets out, I think it was very close to when Burrs tweeted out, or they were very close together. So roughly at the same time Burrs tweeted out his, Cheeto makes a long statement discussing the Matt dramatic situation. So Cheeto says, quote, just going to say exactly what happened, and people that were during... People that were there during the situations and events are welcome to come and speak their piece. First off, I have ran successful businesses since I was 16. I made connections from being one of the most driven and determined people to ever do it. So for Matt to sit here and bash my character is disgusting. I consider him a good friend, and unfortunately, friends are business, and friends and business do not mix. Matt was never a part of the initial plan for Codzone. It was me, Burrs, and a hoot. One day, while the three were in my court talking about it, he joined just as a casual conversation. We explained the idea, and he loved it. Seeming, seemed instantly passionate about wanting to be the next big thing. Even talked about bringing his parents on as investors into the company. I originally offered him 1% of the company just to see if he was truly passionate about the company or if he just wanted money, which we were making none at the time, but we had plans to. Matt agreed. He brought us a really good designer and he did amazing work and agreed to do the work for free until we got some kind of compensation so that he could discuss a more permanent position in the company, which is the name Ezzy that we keep seeing. This was Matt's longtime friend and Matt had great ideas for the pitch deck and how to design it. It was great. He was flourishing. Matt did probably 75% of the pitch deck completely on his own with little to no input from anyone else. I thought this was the start of something great to have someone so driven on the team until he wasn't. Avidity was our paralegal and contact person. She handled all of our sponsors and dealt with the forming of contracts as well as sending them out and confirming their legality. Very early on, she was messing up a lot, putting wrong names on headers slash contracts, mixing up a company names with other emails, a complete mess, which she will also say this is accurate. I went to her and said, look, said, look this is unacceptable. This is our first interaction with these companies. I need this to be perfect. Do better. A few days pass and the same problem persists. And we will get in a call, it's, which is me, Vid, Burrs, and Matt. And she's demanding more equity and more compensation, so we cut ties with her, which Avidity apparently mutually agreed to. This has nothing to do with, quote, how useless she was, being as Matt claims, simply wasn't living up to expectations for the amount she was requesting at the moment. Fast forward a week, I set up a meeting with one of the most influential people in esports, David Chen. We were all at that meeting, and Matt took a big part of the meeting. Fed the stats of what we were trying to accomplish and all good things for my end. 
We all talked about the potential equity splits because this meeting led to a really good offer that if accepted would have shifted the splits a lot. Again, no contracts are signed at this point. It's all hypothetical conversations. Two weeks go by and we secure a new investor, Shane Thor of Cod Agent. He funded, to, he funded the trip to Vegas for us to get professional headshots that we could put on a pitch deck to be, used, sent to, to be sent to larger companies to show who we are. We still have about 71% of that money we have plans to use for marketing and promotion. Matt was not present for 95% of our trip. He went gambling with his friends that were local almost every night. We spent no time together the entire weekend. It was me, Burrs, and Shanko by ourselves the entire weekend, it felt like. Matt used this trip for himself, plain and simple. We had plans for the photo shoot on the last night. Told him about it a week in advance, the day we landed, and even the earlier that day. Yet he still complained that we were holding him back from playing poker at Caesar's Palace and that he placed his name on the poker room for two hours ago. It's probably gone now. Just being insanely uncooperative the entire weekend. The night before we fly out, he asked if he could have the room just to be with this female from back home that was out there. Supporting our boy, we agreed. At 11.14 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, he asked if we had left the room yet, so yet, so we left the room. Went gambling, whatever. We got back to the hotel around 2.35 a.m. Pacific Standard Time and texted him and got no answer. He texted back a little later saying she'll be out by 4 a.m. Shanko had a flight at 6 a.m., so he was going on no sleep already. When we finally got into the room, he asked if I would take him to the airport early, and I said no. He proceeds to wake me up at the time of the flight, assuming that I still had to drop off the car at 11. When I told him that I got it pushed back till, until 12, the Uber from our hotel to the airport, which was like $6.90, which I offered to cover. I flew out at 2. I wanted any amount of sleep I could get. After being kept out all night in Vegas in the strip parking lot while my insanely inconsiderate roommate was with this girl. Also the night we, quote, ditched him, he got a call from his friend saying they were going to do coke and walk the strip. None of us wanted any part of that. So, yes, absolutely. We left the casino that he left or us originally to go play poker anyways. Vegas ends. Matt has, Matt has CFO in his bio, but originally told he, was, he would be an analyst. An idea we ended up scrapping after some talks. Crowds on launches. Everything's good. Good numbers and a great turnout to the first stream. Matt is MIA. He hasn't been in chats. No, idea, no new ideas from him. He was waking up at 3 p.m. every day, but somehow unavailable for meetings at 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern at night. The only important meetings that we needed to plan, we did, and he was there for all of them. The, quote, meetings he's referring to where I asked Burris to join court in 30 minutes or something, and Matt wasn't available, that was totally fine. 99% of those times of meetings, Matt is referring to is me, Burris, and Luch sitting in a court while Burris plays Valorant listening to music. Nothing concrete or important, so yes, we absolutely trolled him in the chats about not being there or, quote, being useless, because at the end of the day, we're all good friends, and he bantered back with us. It was never malicious, and it would never have came to me as an adult and said, hey, I do not appreciate the way you talk to me in the chats. Please stop. I would have. I have met with multi-million dollar companies, and I've never had an important meeting 30 minutes out from the current time. That's just absurd. Matt would beg me to do projects that had absolutely nothing to do with COD Zone, such as my low-tier tournaments or my low-tier league. I told him I had a good team and those were completely covered. I wanted to take him as I wanted him to take the initiative to do something. I was working on sponsorships and trying to get him in contact with Activision. Luch was doing stats every weekend. Burrs was covering the stream. Even Shane, some even Shane, someone who had no responsibility in this whatsoever, words in the meetings that Matt, more suggestions, more active in the chats, everything. The meeting last night about the land, Burris asked what everyone's availability was. We all responded. Matt was busy past nine, he said, and Shane was casting over some tournament to which he replied, perfect, let's shoot for 10.30 then. 
10.30 rolls around and everyone in my court, including Reform in a channel, we have done all of our other meetings and that he has access to, but no Matt. Apparently he was available, but it's my fault he did not show up. He expected me and Burst to coddle him through this when I wanted a business partner. I got a child. I had no interest in working with Matt past the pitch deck, which I expressed to Burst, and he refused to release him on the hopes that he would blossom into the great person we needed him to, and he just never did. This was not an overnight decision, and we all talked about this at length with him needing to do more and being proactive in the company or his spot was in jeopardy. Finally, the contract situation. I had my legal team draft a contract specific for him knowing the exact thing would happen. When I, when I got it, I shared my screen, me, Burz, and Matt read every last detail and word in the contract, and he agreed to all of it. He signed his name with no hesitation. The contract roughly just stated me and Burz could remove or shift equity as we see fit if we agree. This was a business decision, not a personal one, and the fact that Matt is making it personal disgusts me. This came after, after two months of almost incompetence and unmotivation on the side of Matt. He would talk a lot about doing stuff, but never actually did anything. If you read this so far, cool. If not, that's cool too. Anyone I've ever done business with in my entire life can attest to me being impeccable business practices. Quote, have a good one, which is what Matt said at the end of his statement. Yeah, so I think uh, you can begin to at least wrap around the contradictions that exist between the statements, or at least the opposing yeah. statements. Very uh, different. Yeah. I mean, you have one side, and which we'll get into this more after Avidity's statement, which is the last we are going to read out to you. Um, just seems like one side says this, one side says this, which is so difficult to really grasp. And this is why we're bringing all this information to you so you can be aware of everything that ever, that we know here at Insight. Yeah, and I think that following all of these statements being said, that way we have the full scope of everybody at least involved in that aspect of its uh, take on what happened, then you can get into the characterizations from other people and what they have to say about specific pe uh, people involved in this. Uh, we spoke to several different sources in regards to what their takes were about the ind individuals involved, and uh, I think Avidity's actually brings to light some of the characterization that uh, you know hers seemed to have the most degree of detail to it as well yes. as information that was not shared by any of the three statements that we've already read out. Yes, so Avidities is a big one. Um, lots, lots and lots of detail. I've read over it multiple times. So, Kenny, you can feel free to start reading that off, and then we'll get into our conversation here. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Uh, she starts out with, Doubt anyone reads this, but I'm tired of being asked for it. At nearly midnight one night in late January, I received a call from my co-owner of the... Uh, Philadelphia or uh, Warhawks. I was asked to join him in a Discord as he was approached by Cheeto, who wanted to pitch a new idea. We hopped in court and listened to him pitch Call of Duty Red Zone. He informed us that he had been working behind the scenes and had already been in contact with the NFL and purchased the rights to use the term Red Zone, formed an LLC to legitimize the business, and acquired patents on the business model, quote, so nobody else could do what they're doing, or what they're trying to do. Close quote. As a sponsor, we were promised a full-service promotion on all platforms, commercial spots, and spe uh, specially named segments on the platform. We didn't invest or agree to sponsor, but we threw around a few ideas 
talked about it for a while afterwards, and that was that. The next day, Cheeto asked me to join him in court, at which time I was introduced to Dylan and asked what I would uh, charge for two contracts, one for sponsorships and one regarding an equity split for the business. I informed him that I typically charge $75 to $100 per contract, but because of our history and friendship, I would do them both for $100. Him and Dylan both laughed. While he insisted that was way too much, and said he was ready to offer me, like, 10 to $20 max. Long story short, we talked about the value I bring, my experience, and they started discussing the option of me taking on more responsibilities, including setting up meetings with potential sponsors, basically being their personal assistant. Negotiations proceeded regarding an equity stake, and Cheeto's final offer was 4%. To start, and if I could set up enough meetings to quote-unquote lock in a minimum of $3,000 a month in sponsorship contracts, I would be bumped to 5%. While I didn't particularly agree with the business model, and I made that known, I gave my word that I would help, and so I did. I immediately began reaching out to orgs and businesses both inside and outside of my existing network set meetings every two hours for the next few days with various orgs. A group chat was created in which the guys would message first thing in the morning and ask me for their schedule for that day. I was networking, setting meetings, drafting contracts, and giving quote-unquote COD Red Zone every extra minute of my day. Contracts were drafted and approved. I created a DocuSign account, which made the signing process simple and convenient for all parties involved and I created a generalized email that was sent with each contract. I personalized each contract for each org and copy and pasted that same generalized email for each contract that I was sent, or that was sent. I sent three to four contracts in the first round, and while the contracts were pristine with fully accurate info, the org name included in the copy pasta email was incorrect in a few of those emails. That was pointed out to me, and new emails were requested and sent. A few days, maybe a week later, in one of our late-night wrap-up meetings, I was told that they had a meeting with David Chen. The next day, and a following a follow-up meeting with Minnesota Rocker to become their official content team. The day after that, and they just happened to remember that they were supposed to create a pitch deck and asked if I could help. Seeing as I was the only one on the team that had any legitimate business experience, I was floored by the fact that they were asking me to create a business plan and design a pitch deck in less than 48 hours, but I told them I would do my best, but I would need their help with basic information. I created a Google Doc with a checklist with some of the basic info that was needed, mission, goals, target audience, etc. While I researched market analytics with the three of them, or the three of them tag-teamed said checklist over the next hour gave me the most basic responses to work with. The next day, while the pitch deck was nowhere near finished, I was able to provide them with statistics, analytics, and even bar graph visuals to show and utilize in their meeting with David Chen. Uh, for those out of the loop, David Chen is a major esports uh, investor. That's why uh, this was. Uh, his name was specifically used in this. Yep. 
I didn't get to attend the meeting with David Chen because I had a conflicting job interview. But regardless, Matt, Cheeto, and Dylan attended the meeting. As far as I know, my name was never mentioned, and I was never credited as a member of the team or for any of the work I had contributed thus far. I hopped into Discord to get a recap of the meeting, discussed a few things, and at, the at this time, adrenaline was high as these guys had just left a meeting with a huge investor who extended an offer to acquire the majority shares of the business. Cheeto was talking about how he was re just realizing that this could actually blow up and be huge, and he really wants to run this like a real business. I told him that I had been trying to explain that to him since the beginning, and that I can help, but he needed to be honest and open-minded. It was at this time that I asked him if he had actually acquired the rights to Red Zone, and or filed the LLC or patent requests to all of which he said no, and apologized for lying, stating that he really didn't expect things to get to this point that they did, or get to the point that they did, because he went into this with the same business plan that he has had for everything he does. Quote, manipulate people into giving me money and making them commit to doing so for as long as possible. End quote. Shortly after he said that, he had contacted the NFL to request permission to use Red Zone. He was denied. He also later backtracked and said that he had filed the LLC and had a patent pending. I asked him which kind of patent he had pending, and he answered with a, quote, concept patent, uh, end quote. I didn't push any further, but there are three types of patents, and a concept patent isn't one of them. We discussed this information and told him that it was fine, we could fix it, but he needed to be honest moving forward, to which he agreed. We, we began working on the logo for the newly named Cod Zone, at which time Ezzy was brought in and blew us away with his design skills. The logo was finalized, the pitch deck design was discussed, and it was all beginning to come together. The next day, during our meeting, I brought up the fact that this has turned into a lot more work than any of us anticipated the bulk of which was falling onto me, and I suggested that equity splits should be revisited for myself and Matt, and we were, at the time, doing the majority of the groundwork. Dylan did damn near nothing and repeated that his job was to be the face of the business as the main host cat slash caster, and Cheeto insisted he didn't need to do a whole lot because just including him and his brand as the majority shareholder was more significant than anything any of us brought to the table. As soon as the suggestion of revisiting equity negotiations was brought up, I was immediately attacked and told that I brought no value to the team and that the one thing that I was responsible for were the contracts and I fucked those up and made them look unprofessional as shit and that I wasn't needed. I told them if that was how they felt, then I didn't need to be there and I left. I left the call and I left the group chats and decided to cut my losses. Cheeto realizing I was the only one with access to all of the signed and, and executed contracts reached out via text and tried to talk me down and asked me to come back to Cord and talk to them. Eventually, about an hour later, I joined him and Burrs, Dylan, in Cord. At first, they seemed apologetic. 
but said that they just didn't see how I could possibly be asking for more equity considering that they could easily, quote, easily hop on LegalZoom and replace me, end quote. That statement obviously triggered me, and the conversation escalated a bit. Cheeto asked everyone to calm down and asked before we went any further if I could send him the contracts that had been signed and returned, to which I said no. I told him that I had yet to receive anything in writing that guaranteed me my existing equity stake, and I was not turning over any work that I had contributed until my interest in the company had been legitimately secured. He hounded me about how I was blackmailing him with his, con with his own contracts. I explained that wasn't my intent and that they could very easily extend a contract to me and Matt, confirming our equity stakes, and I would gladly turn over all of the executed contracts. They refused to do so and told me I was being unnecessarily difficult and continued to insult my work ethic and belittle my value. So I, f I wished them the best and I left for the final time. I don't know if anyone actually or will actually read any of any or all of this, but I felt like it needed to be said. I have repeatedly defended this man's honor, but today I felt as though my character, work ethic, and work product were attacked and belittled, and I refused to just stand by quietly. End of statement. Okay. So these are all the statements that were posted within 24 hours of Matt's statement yep. being posted and, and it's all a the lot. information. It is, it's, it, a lot it's a to lot to, to It's a lot to absorb. It's a lot to unpack. Um, and I... And I can understand people saying, I don't actually know what's going on yeah. because there's so much information that is on Twitter and even off of Twitter. There is so much information that we have that we're going to start breaking into right now. Yeah. So where, where do you want to start, Kenny? Well, I was I about to ask you the same thing. <laughs> dude, I don't even know where you want to start because <laughs> I, have, I have a decent idea. Okay, take, take it away. Um, so earlier in that day, and I guess this begins to start with uh, analysis of Cheeto's character. Yeah, we'll start with that. And I think the aspect of his character that to me, and trying to be unbiased about it, but when you talk about somebody's character, you obviously are going to take a degree of an angle to it. Okay. So... I reached out to the person that this happened to and had a personal conversation and will only use what they've said, but Cheeto's been trying to figure out a land. Anybody that's been following him uh, knows this and knows it's been a big aspect of his business plan that he wants to get a land started uh, so that he can be one of the largest lands as far as like post COVID. Now he got shut down. Uh, I believe he's working closely with Activision, and that's part of the reason that he got yep. shut down. They're very concerned about it personally. Mm -hmm. uh, so he had plans for, I believe it was a Sugarland at first, Sugarland, Texas event. Yep. And then it moved to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. uh, it got shut, that got shut down as well. And a gentleman who I've <laughs> befriended since this, just he's he just happens to be a nice guy. Yeah. But Icy Chiller was promoting under Cheeto's uh, basically announcement that the land was canceled. And basically saying, hey, I'm having a free entry in the same area that this was going on. If you're still in the area, like 
check it out. This is the date. This is where it's going to take place. A hey, awesome, cool. Yep. Uh, Cheeto basically responds to this guy and at, uh, includes in the conversation a representative of Activision Blizzard. I've gone, his name is Peter Bowman. I yep. went ahead and looked into Peter Bowman. He is a legitimate employee for Activision and he works for their uh, project development sector. That's not putting him on blast or anything. He's, I've found him on LinkedIn. It's all public information, but mm-hmm. just to verify that, yes, he is in fact an Activision employee uh, who promptly said, okay, we're going to be in touch. Like, you need Activision approval for this. I went ahead and reached out to Icy Chiller, and I was like, hey, man, I'm curious. What was the follow-up on this? And he actually shared with me the specific email that they sent him, which was, you know, you're at risk of receiving a cease cease and desist uh, with COVID. We're concerned about events and stuff. Uh, But I asked him, you know, how many events did you run last year, if any, in person? They ran roughly, his company ran uh, roughly 70 events last year. Uh, Oklahoma is a mask mandate state. And he said, we in, in COD prizing alone, we awarded between ten dollars and $15,000. So not just a random guy hosting like a random event. That is, Very you know, solidified. Very solidified. Click Gaming is the organization. He's been working uh, specifically with them since 2009. He's actually the owner of the company, and he's been in competitive esports since 2002. Uh, his statement to me, or his answer to me, and this is these are his words from what uh, Peter said. However, no TOS in the statements, etc. Plus, Oklahoma is a, t- uh, a mask mandate enforced state. Long story short, Cheeto is pissed his event got shut down in my state, so I reached out to his gamers, telling them I had a free to enter, and is trying to use Peter. Or is trying to use he is trying to use Peter against me to get it shut down. The fact, like you mentioned, uh, someone's event that got shut down is trying to manipulate a CDL event holder against me is a little bit fishy. Uh, I basically asked him, you know. Have you ever received the cease and desist from Activision or Blizzard? He said, no. I asked him, in your 20 years of doing esports, have you ever received a cease and desist or attention from Activision Blizzard? He again said, no. He's done fundraiser. He, they, last year alone, including their 70 events and the mixed titles that they did, they awarded over $25,000. Uh, they also included... In this, they worked with the military on events. They worked with colleges on events. They included the USO in events. So it's an established person in the community who has never experienced uh, like this degree of oversight until now. Yeah, I saw that. You know, it's it's interesting to think that you know that's a very well established event, and people know. Obviously, people are going to know that these events are going on. I'm sure Activision has known these events are going on too, right? You can't, it would be very unlikely that someone would be having these events for so many years and they're so prevalent that they just don't have any idea, right? So, the fact. Oh, and he's, he's run pro events as well, is what he told me. So, they, exactly. know, they know who he is. 
they exact they know exactly who he is and he has never like you said he's never gotten a cease and assist and he's never had activism reach out to him saying like this isn't gonna work and uh not only that he he was pretty cordial in the responses during uh in twitter uh obviously got a little heated <laughs> after a bit oh, yeah. but he basically he shared with me today that he actually did reach out to Cheeto to try and help reclaim his like basically build him an event and was essentially like hey as long as this doesn't coincide with any of my pro dates that I'm already working on I'm more than happy to help you find a place to hold your event and sort these details out with you uh that was completely ignored instead Cheeto basically responded uh I want to get the statement right, but he essentially told him that he needed to leave or get out of Cheeto's responses and that I believe Cheeto characterized it as like, I am going to be the first person back. No offense. This is just business before including the Activision employee in the conversation. Um, It was very clear that like, the intentions were not let me help this guy out. Uh, yeah. It was, I, I mean, call it good business sense or call it like a, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't come off as if you're, you're trying to be helpful to somebody in the community. Uh, Icy Chiller characterized it as that basically saying, he's like, look, I, I tried to help this guy run his event. I saw it got canceled. He just left me on red. So rather than sit around, you know, I want these people uh, being able to go to these tournaments mm-hmm. and started posting about it. You know, yeah, for maybe, the community. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's people that host these events. You know, they got you got to understand they're doing this for the community and they want the community to be involved as much as possible. So they're going to promote their tweets in any way. You know, logically, you know, an event got shut down. That's too bad. Let me reach the audience that he was reaching that were so interested, right? Mm-hmm. And help them out. So I can see him doing that, but I can also see saying, like, why are you promoting under my tweets, right? I can see both on that one, right? I can I can see it on both as well. Yeah. And it, it was a little bit spammy. Uh, it certainly was spammy to post in that way. However, mm-hmm. uh, to basically sick the dogs on this guy yep. who and that and then to uh once backlash kind of begins to brew as a result of the later thing of the cod zone incident to basically backtrack and say i was trying to help this guy i was trying to give him a direct contact to activision which this guy yeah. already had yeah. i was trying to help this guy out when there's no dm saying hey i'm trying to help you out here you go here's a contact it was this guy's going to shut you down. This guy's going to come after you. Here you go. I'm putting you on blast. So, I don't think yep. that it, I think I think it, working back towards what the statements are, it's a characterization of I am saying this and this is what I mean. However, if criticisms bounce back on me, no, I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm actually saying this and rephrasing or reframing what you're saying. 
Uh, one thing that I actually wrote down while you were sharing Cheeto's statement was that Cheeto brought up bashing character. Mm -hmm. He said, uh, Matt bashed my character, and then he went on to essentially say, well, Matt did nothing. Matt just complained the whole time. Matt was never there. Matt was doing drugs. Matt was out and about. He, uh, it, it's it's fra framing it, Matt bashed my character, giving these very, like, this sort of a dry, and then later on, framing into him. Yeah. I mean, it was just the same thing. You know, essentially, if someone's yeah. bashing your character and you say they're bashing your character, and then you go into it, you know, None of them are better than the other one. You're like, well, he took to the gloves aspect. off, so I got to take the yeah, gloves off too. Exactly. And I don't think any of them were right in doing that. I don't no. think anyone should have bashed anyone's character, but it's happened, right? So we just have to we just have to go with what we have. Um, so they both... And the thing is, Avidity's statement is interesting, right? Very specific. Mm -hmm. Very well put together. I think this was the biggest statement... And probably one of the more important ones, right? I think it shows as well because it had by far, like, massively the largest engagement out of any of the statements that were made. 100%. I mean, it was so exact and it was so precise. And she went into so much detail, which we appreciate here because it just paints a picture that Matt was painting as well, right? It backs up a lot of what Matt was saying while also adding new information that we kind of had an inkling to, but we didn't really have 100% rounded information about it, right? Like, mm -hmm. you know, Avidity working with the company in more of a role than just a paralegal, right? We had inklings on that. We had information saying that that was true, but in her statement, she says it's very true and goes into exact details about it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so when it comes to, let's do, let's talk about Matt next. Mm -hmm. Talk about Matt. Um, he has said a few more things regarding the situation since his initial statement. Uh, not too much. It's been very quiet, which is interesting, right? It's been very silent ever yeah, since it, it seems like came out. It seems like the day, since the day of, he, he's more so just pivoted towards, you know, going back to normal. Yeah, every, and all of them have. Yeah. Right? This is something... Which is, it's weird. I mentioned this to you off recording. It's weird, right? Because when situations like this happen, it's talked about. Stuff gets brought up. It's dead silent from everybody. There's no more information. There's nothing about it going on. No one's Nobody, talking about yeah. it. Nobody's really drawing it out. I, I mean, Avidity literally posting the statement say, I don't think anybody's going to read this. Yeah, exactly. But it's something that should be talked about. Right, so let's let's look at Matt here. He has barely talked about it anymore. I think the only thing he brought up, um, he said, I heard people, I heard Cheeto with some people that was doing cocaine in his twit longer, and my head almost popped off my body. Therefore, I had to read it, and here's my thread of responses to his BS last I say on the subject. So he has a thread on his Twitter, which you guys can go look at. But he goes into very, we'll just say, he goes into very specific detail about what was going on, the people involved, everything like that. Screenshots with uh, Dylan Chambers. Um, at 9.44, I'm assuming Pacific Standard Time, because I'm assuming this text was taken at that time. Uh, Dylan says to Dramatic, quote, 
would like to point out I have no issue just vibing for the next hour till you're in the clear. I'm assuming that it's talking about the situation with the hotel room and everything like that, which would seem to be a bigger issue than it should have been. Like that got that was one thing that I saw that got blown up a lot. Like, okay, I get it, but you're in Vegas. Yeah, it really did seem to be a focal point. I'm not quite sure why. Yeah, that was one thing I was not sure as to why that was blown up so much. But Matt even came out and said he's not reading Cheeto's twit longer. Um, you know, like you said earlier, he's just going to try rally his troops, whatever, right? So I think, you know, it's tough to really. I don't know. It's... I think you saw that at first, but after Avidity dropped her statement, it really has seemed like um, not a lot of people have found themselves on Cheeto's side. I mean, yes. You know, Avidity's statement was very exact. I mean, it was very exact, and Avidity's a very well-respected person in the community as well. So when someone like that comes out and makes a statement saying those things she said, it's going to be tough, right? It's going to be tough. Um, Take the other side of the coin on this one. You know, if what Cheeto and Dylan were saying about Matt is true, right? That, you know, he just wasn't showing up to meetings. You know, he was being lazy and then tried to compensate by putting his, you know, saying things that didn't really need it, right? I could see how that would be frustrating. And if I'm a business owner, right? Me and you, me and you are partners, right, Kenny? Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're a part owner. I'm a part owner. I'm doing nothing, Right? But I'm in my bio saying I'm the CFO, right? I'm doing all, you know, making it seem like I do all this work. But you're the one who's actually like the face of the brand, doing a lot of the work, all this stuff, you know, taking this from Cheeto's point of view where he said he was doing a lot of this. You'd get rid of me too. I'd be gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we can understand that if true, we can understand that aspect of it. The one thing that I have a hard time with in that aspect is the contract, right? Yes. Sadly, that is one thing we have not been able to get a look at because I don't think, obviously, it's going to be released. But from the way it sounds, it seems like there was a lot of doublespeak within the contract itself. Yes. Well, and luckily, we were actually able to talk to two different people who so we have not been able to see a copy of the contract. However, we were able to talk to, and we'll keep them anonymous just out of uh, respect and appreciation that they were willing to take the time to talk to us about this. Yep. But they saw the actual contract. And both of them, what they said was, yes, there was something shady about it. Um, not about the entire thing, but specific to Matt's role in the organization, there was doublespeak involved. That in one part of the contract, and I think Avidity even touched on this in her statement. She's like, there's nothing yes. in here guaranteeing my stake in this. But to what those two people that we spoke to outside of this said, that saw, that saw this, they said, yes, there was a specific section that clarified, that, that stated Dylan Chambers and Cheeto are the founders of this company and hold they they i i don't know what their equity percentages are but that they're founders and that in order to get rid of them you know you need a unanimous vote of the founders for termination yeah however however later on it's stated 
that Matt is also included in those founders. Yes. And whether that was a flub on uh, Cheeto and his legal team's part or not, the fact stands that both Avidity and Matt were removed from this organization without compensation for their equity or without verification or uh, like validation of their equity. And there was yes. no buyout. There was no agreement reached. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And doesn't it say, didn't, doesn't Cheeto say there were no contracts signed? Isn't that, well, that's one thing I mentioned that I, I saw that was mm -hmm. like just a glaring discrepancy, right? We have on one side where it's like, this is what the contract said. This is like, we are not getting our equity share, whatever. And then Cheeto mentioned at one point there weren't really that many contracts signed. You know, it was all just kind of like speculation. And yet we have Avidity's statement saying where she was originally brought on was to draft a sponsorship contract as well as an yes. equity share contract. Yes. So I think what he meant by that statement was there was contracts for sponsors because obviously that needs to be done. But I think they were still working on the inner workings of the equity share and all that in the, in their contracts, right? And, well, and you can certainly see where there would be a gigantic argument over this, especially in the AM scene where a project growing this big and not expecting it and not having the infrastructure to see this coming, yep, there's bound to be problems over it. Yeah, 100% there will be. So it's just, it's a tough situation. I, it's just, it's just so back and forth. It's one side or the other. There's no parts of these statements that overlap. There's nothing, right? Avidity and Matt's statements go hand in hand, say a lot of the same things. Burr's statement was way more short to the point, kind of talking about one situation more specifically. And then we had Cheeto's situation. Right. You know, this is the hard part about situations like this is it's so one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. Um as I said, we're trying to keep it non-biased, but from the information that we have, it does seem like the information about the contracts and the wording in them for Matt seems to be verified. It seems to be verified. It seems to be consistent with everybody that we've spoken to and the statements that we've seen. Yep. Um, and, you know, that is one thing I'm going to take is outside people off. They're not getting impressions from this. They're not getting likes and retweets from this. They're simply just talking to us on their own time. Yeah. And one of them even said, you know, I, one of the ones that was critical of the contract was still, he was like, look, as a business manager, especially in the AM scene, Cheeto is one of the best, if not the best, yep. you know, with, very quick payouts and consistency and performance and quality of the, the, the projects that he runs. Yep. Cheeto is sure. one of the top people in there the community. Go. However, yep. as far as that contract goes, yeah, he flubbed up. Yep. Uh, so it's not just people being critical of him or people that dislike him or people that don't want to work with him. It, it's even people that, you know, are like, look, I, I love the guy, but, this was an issue and it was yeah, not handled properly. Exactly. So it's not these people who have something in for him. It's not any of that. It's people who respect him very well as most people in the community do, right? You know, very well respected. He does really well for himself, but to have people from 
outside the inner workings of this whole thing, and even some that were er, that are involved a little bit more closely, right? Mention that these con that contract was definitely wrong. The way it was worded was wrong, and that Matt got the short end of the stick on that. Well, and uh, Avidity did as well. She just seemed to sort of accept. It's like, all right, if you're not going to actually give me a fair share, then I'm just going to walk. Yep. Uh, so, whereas, whereas Matt was, I guess, just hoping to, like, uh, up with it. And, yep. um, again, that was one of the things of the outside people that we spoke to. You know, one was on the side of, I think Matt got screwed over. The other was on the side of, he's like, look, you know, you could say that he was at these meetings, but frankly, I didn't see him there a whole lot. Yep. So, and that it no, really nobody comes back and forth. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody really knows, which is the interesting part of this. And as we talked about, it's been silent. There has been no more comments about this. Nothing about it has been spoken of. Um, it's tough. It's really tough, you know, because we all want to see someone like Cheeto keep doing his thing, right? We all love what he does for the community, so many great things, such as like the Fair Memorial and things like that. But at the same time, you know, nobody likes to see someone in the community get completely screwed over, which is what I think we're seeing right now. Nobody likes to see that at all. Well, and does it highlight an issue, a bigger issue? Um, with characterization, you know, I've been sent messages from people who don't want to go public because they're afraid they're going to get taken. Um, they're going to get attacked for going after somebody who is so beloved by the community. And yep. there are good reasons for that. But at the same time, you know, are they immune to cr uh, criticism? Yep. Is what they're saying completely factual as well. You know, so it's tough. With the information we have, um, it's just so back and forth. Yeah, I, I would say the, the ultimate conclusion that you can make is that if you're going to start a business, especially in esports, um, you need to be thinking about the infrastructure of it. Yep. Um, and you can't, as much as you can make a business about making money, it can also, you have to be aware of the pitfalls. Especially when you're dealing with, you know, a lot of these, you're, you're not, you're going to create a project that doesn't blow up and it's not ever going to be an issue. You're just going to be like, oh, it's me and the boys. We're going to split it four ways. It's whatever. Mm -hmm. But the second that, that that money starts rolling in and the second that attention uh, starts gaining on these projects, people are going to start looking at each other for their own peace. Yep. Yep. So I think also something to take away from this is just, be professional, regardless of the yeah. situations that go on. Um, it seemed, you know, I'm not, I don't want to bash anybody, but Matt and Cheeto did go very heavily at each other in a lot of things. And it just doesn't look good for anybody when you're doing things like that on the timeline. So you always keep a professional attitude, handle things professionally. You don't want to come out in the timeline saying, you know, information that might not be true and going at someone's character. Right. So I think in that aspect, they're both in the wrong. I think both their statements needed to be said. Right. But I think it could have been done in ways that were not, you know, degrading someone else and 
their friend. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's roughly all we have. I mean, unless you want... I don't think we should play any video clips. No, I no, think we're good no. on that. Um, yeah, I don't think I just people think might that recognize voices. People so. can take this information in uh, as they would like to. Yep. And to make their own, draw their own conclusions from it. Mm -hmm. um, if you would like snapshots from all of this evidence that we've collected, just the fact that it does exist, you can reach out to one of us personally, and I can get it to you. I don't really feel like it's not. I feel we've read quite literally everything that I have, with exception to we've, uh, there's some, somebody there's some. somebody commenting on stuff that it was just not necessary to include uh, a yep, like contract dispute, like oh, yeah. I saw a peek at this and. This yeah. is why, just stuff like that. Yeah, there's a few things that we haven't spoken about that did not need to be spoken about. Yeah. That can be used. So if you are listening and would like to know more or like to use this, please contact Kenny or myself or DM the Insight Podcast page. We can get that to you. At the end of the day, uh, like we said, we're not taking a stance on this. We just brought all the information. It just seems like both people, both sides of this argument. Could have done better and we hope to see everyone involved move past this in the near future yeah all right so you got anything else kenny uh anything else i mean i hope the next time i'm on it's on a lighter note yes. <laughs> maybe yes. bring out some character rather than have it to yep. uh <laughs> get so heavy <laughs> so quickly yeah but so, yeah. Uh, yeah. just know if you're in the community and a new story breaks out, Kenny's gonna know. He's gonna know. <laughs> yeah. He, he's a wizard of information. No, it, you know, it's it's a, it's a, the curse of wisdom. I, some, I, some, I've seen some stuff. I'm like, I really do not wish to. I'm glad I, I wish I didn't know that. <laughs> so. For real. For real. All right, everybody. Yeah. So this has been a news update with Insight Podcast featuring our favorite editor. I appreciate and it. staff member in Kenny. So, as we said, if you have any inklings to get further information or you would like to use this, please contact us personally or DM the Insight Podcast page. There's maybe some information that we did not share as well. So, thank you guys so much for listening. As per usual, it's been Waiyuki and Kenny. Until next time. See ya. Peace.